Hey, everybody. Good news. We're doing the Comedy Fantasy Camp again. Jay Leno's going to be there. I'm going to be there. John Lovitz is going to be there. Caroline Ray is going to be there. Many, many other big comedians are going to be there. February 29th through March 3rd. Tickets are going to go fast, and it's all going to culminate at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. So come and join us at the Comedy Fantasy Camp and work with the pros. Get your tickets at ComedyFantasyCamp.com. This is Below Deck's Captain Lee. Listen to my new podcast, Salty, with Captain Lee. Um, don't you mean our podcast? Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Anyhow, listen to Salty with Captain Lee, co-hosted by my assistant, Sam. And we will be talking about the latest pop culture news and all the gossip every week. So does this mean we have to talk by ourselves, about ourselves, or can we at least have some guests on? I don't know, I find myself pretty interesting, but yeah, we can have some guests on, some of our reality TV friends, and some stars. Works for me. Listen to Salty now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded live at Corolla One Studios with Adam Corolla and board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. You're listening to The Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the chest. We're going to be sold America. Remember that, Joe? I do remember that. Dr. Drew, back from uh, Tampa. The great state of Florida. Somewhere in Florida. I have an interesting thought experiment. Please. For you, Drew. I'm ready. Because um, you and I talk a lot about uh, memory and uh, about how it's not what we thought it's it weak. was. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I grew up. Well, okay, so when we were younger, there wasn't a lot of ways to verify memory because you'd be on the phone and then the person say, I said six o'clock. Then you said, you said eight o'clock. And then that was everything was kind of a stalemate, you know? Yeah. Now there's texting, yeah. and there's a there's real time verification of of stuff on the internet. Yep. You know, so people go, "This guy said this," or "He didn't say that," or whatever, and then you just go look it up on your phone. Yep. You know, so the the verification part of memory is a lot faster and a lot more feasible when it wasn't feasible really in, in the past, um, but it's not slowed people down. At all, yeah. As it uh, pertains to um, their memory, mm-hmm. and uh, and now I think it's sped things up, you know, in terms of how they how people work. And so I had this, um, but then there are the people we know who are accurate, yeah. And then uh, the people we know who aren't accurate, yes. who who don't know they're uh, inaccurate, right. And who who. Who basically they, and the inaccurate outnumber the accurate by about ninety nine to one. Yes, but nobody knows they're in that group. Oh, pff, none like of the in, not inaccurate. Like don't know it. Do not defend against it like crazy. Right. So my experience with people is uh, they can be inaccurate uh, t- ten times in a row, and then on the eleventh time they fight just as hard. No, then you're annoying. Well, then you're, <laughs> then no, you're I just, yeah, you. the next thing that comes up, that's, that's kind of how mm-hmm. they, 
how they uh, how they roll how they they roll. Yeah. Now I had some um, I had some thoughts, some deep thoughts right, about ready. this. I can't wait. Um, well, one is remember we had Chris in here the other day, and he wasn't hearing in his earbuds mm-hmm. through his microphone. Yes. And I thought we're trying to figure out what that was. But it's also said to me many times, I told you this, and I go, you didn't tell me that. But maybe he hears it Ah. in his head. Oh, like a disconnect between actual hearing and what he's laying down in his head. Well, he was saying I was hearing me talking in my head. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've experienced that with a lot of people. They go, I told you this. And I go, you didn't tell me this. And they go, I told you. But I think in, they it's told in head. me in their yes. head they said yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind that happens. Happens a lot. Yeah. Happens with, I think, women a lot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was, but I'm, I'm very interested in the subject. Yes. Because it comes up a lot. Yes. And, and it just happens a lot for people to say, I said this, or I told you we, that. Last no. show or the show before last, we were sort of reconstructing something you said on the air that I got a little wrong. It happens. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And now. But I, I at least know to be very, very cautious about memory. I'm like, I think it's sort of what I, uh, not, this is what happened. Right. But it, it happens a lot. So I was, and to the best of them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was out to dinner last evening with uh, a very accurate guy named Chris Morgan, who mm. writes all the Fast and Furious movies and all the Hobbs and Shaws and Bird Box. He does all that. Very successful, very smart, and very good dude. And uh, also, Chris. also very sort of magnanimous yeah, guy. Yeah. So you're right. self, it's, it's humble. So we were talking about sound and and how important sound plays and and a, a role sound plays and i was um as it pertained to movies and i was telling him that i was interviewing dolph lundgren the other day and i, I said you know if you ever watch those uh, rocky movies and turn the sound down you'll see the punches missing mm. but if you turn the sound up You'll see them. Connect. Wow, that's interesting. It actually changes yeah. the way you see it. You try watching, you know, fight sequence from Rocky with the sound all the way down, and it, it looks sort of amateurish. Yeah, yeah. you'll see him miss a, uh-huh. a lot, and the guy flinch and yeah. you know stuff. But turn the sound up, it connects the punch. That's in, that's how the brain works. That's, that's how, it how works. the brain works. Yeah, right. So I said. Was Chris surprised by that, or was he also no, like, oh, no, that's how the brain like, works? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's, he makes movies. Yeah, right. Lots of fight sequences. Yeah. Got to do it that way. So I said, I said, you know, there's that uh, famous film. Um, and, I, and I used to argue with my guy, Nate, and all this kind of stuff, because they Nate would At do, the documentary side. Yeah. They would do footage of me driving the Porsche <clears throat> and the hill climb uh, at um, Lord whatever's house and Goodwood, and and the, they would always turn the the engine sound down and sort of crank up generic rock, you know, oh. and bow 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 bow, and it looked flat, it looked dumb. Yeah, I said turn down the generic rock and crank up the engine sound. That's what puts people there. Yes, you know. So um, it's something I've thought about for a while. And so I said to Chris, I said, hey, you 
surely have seen the famous sort of bootleg film from the 70s called Rendezvous. And uh, Rendezvous was a 70s kind of bootleg thing where a guy gets into a 275 Daytona Ferrari, a 12-cylinder front-engine Ferrari, and, and, the, and they mount the camera down on the front bumper, and he speeds through Paris at dawn. Uh, Surprise you. I know. With all your uh, Parisian leanings. Uh, I know, my obsession these days. See it. So, yeah. um, and I'll show you 10 seconds of it. So it's dawn, it's 70s. He's just kind of hightailing it. Through, through Paris. And it was a famous bootleg, you know, v, VHS tape that, like, made, made the rounds, all the car. He's heading down the Champs-Élysées to the Arc de Triomphe now. That's right. Now all filled with Arabs, but okay. <laughs> Back then, it was a little purer. And it's this great visceral effect of this car speeding down the highway yeah. with this screaming Ferrari V12 with the six downdraft Webers on, on the manifold and, yeah. and the sort of glorious sound it makes. So he's at the A12, which is normally packed with cars and it's pretty empty because it's morning. And it's 1975. Right. right. All right. All right, so you get it. So now I had heard, so I said to Chris, surely you've you've seen the bootleg. And he goes, oh, yeah, all the car guys have. I mean, if you're going to make a car, I said rendezvous, and he was like, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're going to be in the car chase world, uh, that's a a kind of a template for you know, here's what you aspire to. Do they, do they just out of curiosity, they know who did that or why he did it? Or is there anything? That... Uh, it was a, for a long time, it was shrouded in mystery. Uh. Some guy takes his uh, camera, mounts it to the front bumper. You no, know. no small matter in 1975 either. You know, yeah. Cameras look, were... I, Amy can look it up. Maybe yeah. it could have been 1979, could be 1973, <laughs> but cameras had film yeah. and they had to roll off. 76. Yeah. 76. 76. All right. 73, 79, 76. There, there you go. go. Boom. All right. So. Um, high and low, take the metal. No, uh, no, no small feet. Yeah. So I say to Chris, I said, you, you picture that, what you're looking at, and it's all sound. So the sound is what's doing it. Then I, I heard something later, which I didn't share with Chris, but this a side note. Then there was some scuttlebutt later that the guy was just driving a sedan. It could be driving a Nissan Maxima with the camera and laid the V12 Ferrari over it. And that would make, that would make sense when you watch it, you know, there's the, there's a very long straightaway going to the Arc de Triomphe and, and he's passing a taxi cab or two, but anybody's ever been motoring down the freeway at 65 miles an hour and, and had someone going 25, 30 miles an hour faster than them past them, they blow right by. You yeah. know what I mean? 
he's not going 140 miles an hour no. on that thing. He, he's got cabs going 35, and he may be going 65. Maybe, because that's 60. a function of proximity to the ground. Right, You're seeing right. ground he, go by. He's at a passing rate. guys, but not, I mean, like I said, if if you got a rental car and Mike August driving, yeah. and you're running in a, in a minivan. I've, I've seen that. And you're running, there. <laughs> running late for the airport. Except he'll do a U-turn in the middle of the street all of a right. sudden, going he, traffic. He will pass cars at yeah. the same clip. Yeah. So then there was some scuttlebutt that, well, maybe he's just driving a fucking Nissan yeah. four-door. That would make sense in terms of the mounting of a camera, too. Because yeah. you, know, you wouldn't put that on a Ferrari bumper necessarily. But but who knows? You know, we, we don't we don't yeah. know for sure. So anyway, I'm talking to Chris, who's a very accurate guy who makes these car movies. And he's seen uh, he's seen it all. And uh, oh, the story has come out. Oh, the truth. Holy shit. A Mercedes sedan. Uh-huh. It's a Mercedes sedan driven by Claude himself. Mm-hmm. Not Loosh. a racing driver. And it was Loosh. Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning. Right. Swedish girlfriend. Now right. it's a it's a little bit suspect because Lelouch means the weird in a in a in a kind of a slangy way. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, Claude Weird himself. Yeah. It's like uh, okay. Uh, all right. So um, so now I say to Chris. You know, uh, it's really about the sound. Like, we don't even know if the sound was taken live. Yeah. Could have been laid over the top. We don't know if he was driving a Ferrari. Could have been driving a Mercedes-Benz. And then Chris said, well, it'd have to be because I saw the tachometer in the shot. I saw the tach. Oh, and I said, no, there was no over-the-shoulder, no. you know, stuff where you see the guy sawing away at the wheel and the tack, you know, moving up and the yeah. gauges. You you hear around. it with the shifting he goes, in your head. He goes, no, no, I, I've I've seen it a few times, and I I could see that tack, you know, in the shot going up. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, no, now I'd only seen it. I've seen it a couple of times. Not in years, many years, years and years and years, 25 years, easily. He's seen it arguably more than me because that's his business. Yeah. I mean, making he might have studied movies. Yeah. And he said, I would show it to the like the second unit guys and the, you know, this is what we want, you know. Is it possible there's a world where somebody superimposed nope. something? Okay. I, well, it's not rendezvous. I yeah. mean, no, it's not this. Not this film. is a camera yeah. mounted in the front. Show, show me the, the car again. Scroll it up. So, um, oops, wrong car. There you go. Yeah, that, that looks about right. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting because that was a 275, and I said Daytona, but it, it, they, the story was a 275 for us, kind of a year before the Daytona. That's fine. That's it there. Yeah. Yeah. Five, four million bucks now. Ugh. Three. All right, here's the point. Chris, a very accurate guy, makes yeah. films for a living, yep. has seen this thing many times. And, and he got it wrong. <laughs> he, he, in his head, he was looking at a tachometer, and he <laughs> thought I was wrong, as he should have been, because he was seeing a tachometer. Yeah. But, and in the past, we wouldn't really have a way to settle this. But I said, pick up your phone, just put rendezvous in, and then he looked at it, and he just said, you're right. Did, did Was he able? Now, everyone else would have probably argued, 
Yeah. Most people I know would have, well, there's another version of blah, 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 blah. Right. See, that's the craziness. Searching the internet yes. and never finding it. Yes. He just looked up and went, you're right. I, my, mem- my memory was wrong. But, but it's interesting that it is the sound that put the tack into the film. Yeah. Because you hear yes, the attack but out, I'm, but out. What I'm saying is, is people are capable, capable. of a lot mm-hmm. in their head. Not just capable. They routinely right. do right. this. But don't fuck with me. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I don't do that. Oh. Which people never know. They assume I do it? what they do. You guys got it? You got it? You hearing it? Let's see if they catch themselves. Hey, I want to tell you about Sugar Shift Probiotic from BiotaQuest. Uh, probiotics is a little, it's kind of a dicey field, but BiotaQuest Sugar Shift makes it easy. They make it simple. Sugar Shift is not the typical probiotic. What makes Sugar Shift stand out is that it doesn't just restore balance to the gut microbiome. It helps look at some of the bowel regularity, inflammation, curb sugar cravings. That's the goal. Sugar Shift converts glucose and fructose in the gut into prebiotic mannitol, which is a free radical scavenger and promotes more diverse microbiome. It's a patented formula with eight probiotic strains, not found in other probiotics, and you need the right product to restore harmony. Here is the exciting part. Get 15% off the first three months of your Sugar Shift subscription with the promo code DREW15, that's D-R-E-W-1-5, and results, of course, may vary. Clinical trial results indicate the best results come at three months and beyond. So I want you to take charge and go to BioticQuest.com. That is spelled B-I-O-T-I-Q-U-E-S-T, BioticQuest, BioticQuest.com, and use that code, Drew15, at checkout. All right. So what else are you thinking about, Drew? Well, you know, I'm back from the great state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually not thinking about that. Maybe we can save that for tomorrow. What I was thinking about just now was, did you hear about this guy? This is just, I don't know. Maybe I haven't thought this through well enough to really bring it up, but let me let me try. This guy was arrested and and now in prison, now found guilty of releasing tax records um, against the law. Okay, I'm going to pull it up here if you don't mind. Um, he took the tax returns of I think Trump and released them. Because he felt it was his duty. He was self-righteous. Like, people need to see how billionaires get away with these things. Is this... Right. Okay. Yeah, I've heard this story. Okay. And he gets five years in prison. And people are like, a couple things about the story. He not only did it with Trump, he did it to 2,000 other people's tax returns. Mm-hmm. If This is a profound legal violation. I mean, this is a... This is a like, imagine if I'd gone out and just started talking about multiple medical records without people's consent, just started mm-hmm. issuing or you know, mm-hmm. casting them onto the internet sure. willy-nilly. And A, there's there's so many things embedded in the story that I kind of want to get into. One is people are like, I can't believe they gave him the maximum. They could have gone after him for all 2,000 leaks and put him away for life, number one. Mm-hmm. this If this was somebody working at a financial company, the company would have been sued for God knows how many millions of dollars. Why they didn't go after the firm he was a part of is hard for me to understand. But th- this is the more problematic part of this. A, story's buried. Totally buried. I haven't heard. I didn't hear. I did not hear this story. Yeah, totally I mean, buried. I heard when it came out. It's, it's a massive came. story, and it's buried. Uh, it is a profound statement of the state of our legal institutions. 
And think about how fucked up this guy has to have been to think that this was his ethical duty to violate the law this way. He now alleges contrition and he, oh, I knew I was wrong. I was, but that he was so blinded by the press, the rhetoric, who knows what, that he felt right doing this and the press has buried the entire story. Yeah, so, they did. So it just, to me, it's such by itself, one not so little story, but maybe a little story, that speaks so many volumes about what's going on right now, mm-hmm. where people are being brainwashed into believing horrible misconduct is the right thing to do, and the press is supporting that, or at least not shining a light on these improprieties. Well, they're creating it. And they're creating it at the same time. That's yes. how these people get so brainwashed. Yeah, so... Um, it's really disturbing. It's, well, I, I'll I have you, a friend who's a financial guy. He's losing his mind. He's like, I can't believe that the whole, whole financial world is not up in arms about this. Or the tax well, world. Well, listen, I've, you know, there's a kind of a... There's an absolute sort of ending part of it, which is somebody tries to assassinate somebody. Yep. That's the ultimate. Of this brainwashing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, There's a kind of a lighter, more white collar version of it, which is you, Trump probably experienced, I mean, there's a few versions. He just got handed down an $83 million suit for some very specious story about raping someone in a department store that she can't remember when or what date or what season or she seems to have no details, but it's in New York. And so it doesn't matter if it's true or not. The idea is you got to punish Trump, you know what I mean? Which is now we're getting into scary territory because you're essentially now we'll have people that the last Trump administration probably had a bunch of people in it that completely disagreed. And he'd go, I'll do this. And they, he'd leave and go, we're not going to do any of that because he's there's all the leaks, all the sabotage. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah because they're conscientious objectors right. and or French resistance. Right. Viva la France. <laughs> rendezvous. So say Arc de Triomphe again. <laughs> yes. So what they're. But what but the press is doing, and we've discussed this multiple times, yes. they're saying Hitlerian, they're talking about the end of a democracy, right. they're talking about he's going to round up his uh, naysayers and put them behind bars, he's going to yeah. destroy the planet by getting rid of the Paris Accords, you know, he's going to do this. Yeah. So if he's going to do this, and you're a juror in New York City, and he's been on some trumped up, pardon the pun, charges about him overestimating Mar-a-Lago or whatever, then why wouldn't you and your fellow jurors try to lock the guy up? Yeah, yeah. If, if this is what's on the menu. Yeah. You, you'd you be kind of a fool not to. Yeah. Now, there's kind of two sides of it. Like, on one hand, are these people brainwashed fools or are they the ultimate patriots? <laughs> Because if you, be- if you believe yes. this, he is going to become a dictator day one and he's going to lock people up and he's going to get rid of due process and, you know, he's going to destroy the climate and everything. Well, if this is true, then you're a patriot. They're the perfect, useful idiot. They right. are now, brainwashed fools who are also patriots. So it's perfect. 
Right. And narcissists, though, in their own weird way. So it's not all about the country because they don't seem to like the country that much outside of this part of it, which is kind of inconsistent. Like they would love the Ben Franklin statue torn down in Philadelphia. So they're not really that that kind of patriot. They don't watch NASCAR. Right. I'll put it to you that way. Right. So that's that's interesting. It's where it's going and why all the talking heads, you know, when these fools like Bob Woodward and these guys, you know, Bernstein and worse than water guys sit there and go on Rachel Maddow show and start <laughs> flapping their gums about book burnings and not women won't have access to health care and stuff. They, they start flapping their fucking gums about that. Then the Dumbos who watch Rachel Maddow and the zoo become weaponized. Yep. And then they accuse the other side of being weaponized. Yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah. All right, let me uh, put you in a better mood with our friend, Please. Jordan Harbinger. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with iconic musician and producer Moby. It's a super real conversation about fame and mental health. Moby was really open on this one. My first punk rock show was to an audience of one dog, and my first electronic music show was to Miles Davis. 1999, I thought that my career had ended. My mom had died of cancer. I was battling substance abuse problems. I was battling panic attacks. I'd lost my record deal. And I was making this one last album. And I was like, okay, I'll make this album. I'll put it out. I'll move back to Connecticut. I'll get a job teaching philosophy at some community college. And then all of a sudden, the world embraced me. I handled fame and wealth really disastrously. It was so humiliating. I wouldn't trade any of it. For more from Moby, including how he bounced back from a 400-drink-per-month booze habit, check out episode 196 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Yeah, I don't know how we deal with this. I guess, like I said, I'm back from the great state of Florida, and I, I literally had a fantasy, a whole conversation with myself where I'm like, you know, there's one border on Florida, and it's way down in a peninsula down in southern Florida, and pretty secure down here, and things start to go down. I mean... And, and people are happy and their businesses are thriving and they're all out at night and there's no taxes. I just, eh, maybe, maybe. Dave Rubin is just like, when are you coming? When are you coming? Yeah. So you have no idea how much better it is. Oh, yeah. I, I would take everyone's word for it. No one ever comes back. I know. And then you got Gavin Newsom. He's making the rounds. He's talking about how great everything is all, all the time. Here in California. Oh, in general. But in general in California – too, which is, I, it's all part of the sort of ramp up for the election. But I mean, it is, it you know, at a certain point, you cannot look at the NASDAQ and the Nikkei average and your 401k. Like at a certain point, you have to kind of just drive around and yes, look, look yes. around. You know what I mean? And you have to go... Um, you know, it's like I always said with COVID. I knew it didn't affect kids because I live in a neighborhood filled with teenagers and I never heard one story. You know, mm. oh, Johnny Benskin's down and he looks like he's not going to make it. You know what I mean? It was no, no there was nothing. No. So I didn't need to go onto the CDC website and, and check mortality rates for 14 year old boys. I had a 14 year old boy and he had a thousand friends. And nary a one of them got a cough from from COVID. So I thus become a de facto expert on COVID and how it affects teenage boys. And when you 
roll into another state and you you walk around and you move around and you look around and you, you, you see good roads and you don't really see homeless and you don't really see graffiti and you don't really see trash and you see people sort of generally pretty happy about you know living there, being there, whatever, you kind of go, yeah, like like nice. You know, like I was staying in a place in Colorado and I was, Mike and I were looking out the window of the restaurant and they had like a BMX park, you know, between the apartment and the restaurant and it was clean Mm -hmm. and there was no graffiti and people were just kind of using it. And I was like, okay, so they run this place in in a pretty efficient manner. You know what I mean? And then LA, it's, oh, You'll get your dog napped, you know, you'll get your watch stolen, you'll get your car broken into, there's homeless and garbage everywhere. And then somebody's saying, you know, the GDP is up 26% from, and you just go, listen, I, I'm looking around, mm. I, I'm seeing garbage, I'm seeing homeless, and that steak used to be 39 bucks, and now it's 61 bucks. So that's what I, and, and by the way, the gas was three bucks. Now it's six bucks. And you're going, no, you don't get it. It's good. You know, it's good. It's come down. You yeah. know, it's dim. We've, we've added jobs. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, okay. You've added jobs, but the steak is doubled and the gas is doubled and there's garbage everywhere. So I know you're telling me all this stuff, but I'm, it's experiencing something else. But by, by the same token, if you were trying to explain to me by the way, I would be this way if you were trying, if, if Rochelle Walensky and Fauci were up there explaining that COVID really didn't affect young, healthy people, and my son was on a ventilator in the ICU, right. I would have a different experience. Right. You see what right. I'm saying? Yes. And oh, and his best friend is in the, in, in the well, room next to him, would right? You, but, I would yeah. have a different experience. Yeah. So you're lying about... And I'm having a different experience than you lying. And I don't need to check the data and the statistics. I have ears and eyes. I'm looking around. This is what I'm experiencing. Dave Rubin goes to Florida. He experiences something different. You can say, oh, here's how they handled COVID. Here's what their GD or their net growth is down 3%. Where's California? Yeah. Tell that to Dave Rubin. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I, But there's a component in here, too, that I've noticed lately that is really distressing to me. It goes in the same category as what you're describing, which is in my profession, clinical experience was always paramount. Like in my experience, here's what I've kind of seen. And maybe one day the research suggests something different, but I'm going to bet the research will catch up with the clinical experience or it could be wrong. The clinical experience could be distorted in some way. So we keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. I would say eight to nine times out of 10, the clinical experience gets confirmed eventually in the literature. Well, that has my, been erased. My experience with kids in my neighborhood being taken down by COVID is now bore out right. by this so data. I, which I, I and knew. other doctors are called chumps if we rely on our clinical experience because what's the data? It's just something different. Who are you to say? Right. It's like, I, I'm saying I'm dealing with hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and I'm seeing something a little different. I, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm guessing eventually we're going to find that there's something going on here. It's always been my experience, always, always, always in medicine. And it's just 
astonishing that that has no value now. And I think that's a function of how the electronic medical record has just made doctors just a check, box checkers. It's all, all they do now is check, 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 check. I did this, I did this, I did this. They're not thinking the way we were trained. It, I mean, sometimes in some ways, surgeons certainly are, but in the, in the so-called cognitive stuff, not so much. All right. Uh, speaking of Florida, I'm going to be in Florida. That'll be this Friday and Saturday at Naples, mm. off the hook. Um, it says only tickets, uh, sorry, only Friday and Saturday matinee left, but there's only a Saturday matinee. I don't think there's a Friday matinee. There's an early, sh- there's a six o'clock show. Maybe but that's not, what they mean. Matinee means four yeah. uh, o'clock. Well, matinee means they added a, a show, which yeah. they which so they it did. It means essentially morning. It sort of means around the morning. Is that what the word yeah. means? Yeah. What's it from? French. Matin. Matinee. Matin. Rendezvous in the matinee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, but I'm looking at Emmy. I think. I it's just think Saturday. So. Yeah, just Saturday. All right. So everything's sold out except for the Saturday matinee, if you want to check that out. And then it's off to Vegas, February 22nd. A couple of shows at Kimmel's. I'm all over the place. So just go to adamcrolla.com. What do you got, Drew? Speaking of Dave Rubin, I want all of our listeners to sign up, please, for my Rumble channel, Dr. Drew Rumble channel, and check out the streaming show Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 3 o'clock. So, till next time, Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.